What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's 2.28 a.m. in Los Feliz. And you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I'm in Los Angeles. My name is Tess Lynch, and with me is Molly Lambert. And over in New York, we have Emily Yoshida. We've had like three LA locations in a while. I just want to point that out. We've been very coastally biased recently. I was just going to say, <laughs> I made the decision to to place us in Los Feliz because we will be talking about the Los Feliz murder house, but I... I realized while I was saying it that Los Feliz is one of the most debated, how do you say that place, uh, places. Los Feliz. Nobody says Los Feliz. Should really be that. Well, you know, if you're driving, your navigator will say Los Feliz. Your navigator. Your navigator. Well, it's either way an argument could be made. However, that's where we are. We are. Wherever we are, there we are. Also later in the show, we have a very special guest on. Brian Koppelman, uh, co-creator of the show Billions, is on to talk about 
the girlfriend experience and chiropractic two great tastes that taste great together uh so that's <laughs> coming up later in the second half of the show but right now we have to hit some news because there's been some important ufo news big night call news yes. over memorial day weekend so the New York Times reported and then New York Magazine followed up with the fact that there have been a ton of um, Navy pilots, or I guess from 2014 to 2015, there were a number of UFO sightings by Navy pilots um, between Vir Virginia and Florida off the coast. Um, they didn't go ahead and say that these were extraterrestrial ships, but they couldn't explain what they were. And there were a couple of near misses where um, planes almost collided with them. And uh, there are some details in the New York Times article about how the G-force, everyone was freaking out about the G-force because decelerating um, and accelerating are dangerous points. So if you have to decelerate because you almost uh, collide with a UFO, it's not good. It's okay. bad. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there there were a number. I think they said almost daily um, yeah, sightings daily. of these. And this was the, the sightings were all reported to the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which we've talked about before on the podcast. Very secretive um, part of the, the Pentagon that deals with this kind of stuff. Uh, what do you guys make of this? Cool as hell. I mean, it just feels like <laughs> recently there's just been so much declassification of all this. Now we know that there was so much... Uh, you know, research and recording being done about UFOs, like, all along. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Just like the X-Files promised um, me. Yep. They were yeah. right. They were right. Also strange, so these these sightings um, stopped being reported, and I guess that that's because the pilots had relocated to, um, to go hit up ISIS in Iraq and Syria, so they weren't, you know, the, I think there were two pilots who were quoted in the article and then several others who wanted to remain anonymous. Um, but, yeah, so there was, like, this, this year-long thing of these UFOs, and then instead of really, like, digging into it, it was just that the sightings were reported and then left alone for a long time to marinate and then be discovered by the New York Times and Night Call. I thought Very it was weird. also interesting that, like, the way they described how they moved, which was, is sort of sounds the way that you would imagine a kind of yes. Hollywood UFO in, like, the 50s to move, just sort of hovering and then go whoop and leaving. Like, that, I thought it was funny that they described that as being, like, they knew that that would kill a human, for it to, right. I guess funny isn't the right word. Because that was the G-force. Like, That's the G-force yeah, thing, G -force, right? Where they yeah. can't pivot and go this way and that way. Um, yeah. It also is like, it's weird how the the behavior of UFOs is so kind of similar in like all of these different tales. I think we um, like literally a year ago talked about coast to coast and the UFO sightings that were reported on an the show. An object that looked like a sphere encasing a cube. <laughs> Hmm. Is how it was described. That is sounds. I mean, that sounds like Jodie Foster's thing in in Contact. You know. Well, it's also strange. Like, why would there be UFOs specifically in this area where fighter pilots test things? But they were like, that's why they said they knew it wasn't a commercial or a personal drone. Yes. At first, they thought it was drones, and then it turned out it couldn't be. They were like, it can't. But they said it. They're like, can't be a drone because it's in this area that's just for like fighter pilots to right. practice. Mm -hmm. But then it's like. 
well, why would the UFOs go there? Well, because if you were an alien, wouldn't you be like, Florida Keys? It's <laughs> 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 where I belong. <laughs> That's a real Jimmy Buffett alien yeah. he chose. I, lo- I enjoy that idea. It seems odd that during a time of like there's so much kind of dramatic news uh, politically and everything than to slip in the UFO stuff when nobody has the bandwidth to really care. That's part of what makes it feel like we're living in the future. Yeah, Yeah. that's been the thing about these past couple big like UFO revelations is that it's like, come on, we have too much to worry about. You could have told us this a while ago. (laughs) Told us in 2014 when we didn't care about anything. (laughs) Right. Then we would have been all over it. No, now it seems like part of the we're in the end times uh, general feeling that we're getting. I have to say, though, the, the best antidote to like the kind of, you know, reading this report and trying to figure out what to make of it and not really like having enough information, but just enough to be like, huh. I love when the government is like, we don't really know. And yeah, right. Like, yeah. That's cool. Mm. Our whole it, it's classified. And we also don't know. I read something else about we talked about earlier about Um I read like a um, like a real scientist talking about Umwamwa and being like, oh, we thought it might be an alien spacecraft because, like, we're just going to find one any moment now. Right. And I was like, this guy's a real scientist. Yeah. <laughs> and he really believes this. And then it turns out maybe there's just more stuff going on than any of us know about. This week's episode of Night Call is brought to you by StoryWorth. Father's Day is coming up, and Father's Day, Mother's Day, all these great family holidays are always a great opportunity to get in touch with your family and remember all the great memories and things that make them special to you. And StoryWorth is a great way to keep in touch and save all these memories and make them a part of your family's life. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you've never thought to ask each other. At the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. Strengthen your family bonds and get to know your loved one in a whole new way. So when you join StoryWorth, you get a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth will send them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story. All the stories are private and only shared with family that you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound in a beautiful keepsake book. It's a great alternative to social media and other less secure ways to stay in touch with family. In this case, it's all within your family. You can choose the questions, and it's a much more personal way to stay in touch with family and record all of these memories. You can also learn things about your relatives you never knew about, stories about their history and and stories about their childhood that really bring you closer together. So some of the questions you might ask your family on this might be, what are some favorite recipes you remember cooking growing up? What was the first movie you remember seeing in the theater? What was it like going to college for the first time? So one of the things I used to love asking my mom about when I was growing up especially was about her Beatlemania. You know, she was a teen right when the Beatles came to America, and it was a big deal, and she even went to go see them in concert. And StoryWorth would be a great way for me to kind of get that story from her in a really easy-to-access way, ask her all the questions that I, I always wanted to about what it was like to see the Beatles in concert when she was 14 years old in Kansas City. It's a great way to just sort of preserve all these things in a way that really stands the test of time. 
So to join StoryWorth and for $20 off of your subscription, visit StoryWorth.com slash call when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com slash C-A-L-L. Sometimes it's hard with families being spread out all over the place to get together for holidays and to share those memories together. And so StoryWorth is a great way to help you bridge geographic distance by providing lively discussion topics. That's storyworth.com slash C-A-L-L. 12, 9, 20, 5, 14, 5, 18, 19. Here's something really interesting that none of us knew about. And Emily found a really amazing, I guess I would call it a scientific blog well, post. Yeah. Um, but this is like my favorite thing I've read in the past month, maybe. Um, it is about a barnacle. Emily, where did well, you find Well, I found this? this thanks to a night call listener. But I, I went back to try to figure out who sent it to us. And I think mm-hmm. whoever did deleted the post but luckily i still had the tab open so i could read oh my god so thank you whoever you are no need to be ashamed of sharing this with us because we definitely wanted to talk about it um it's the best this is called the rhizocephalon barnacle um the post which we will uh certainly link to on social if you want to read more about it or know how to spell rhizocephalon uh it's written in a very narrative style so it sort of tells the story of what this barnacle does which is essentially that it uh attaches it attaches itself to crabs in this case a male crab and like undetectably over a, a long period of time um, takes over its nervous system and also turns its uh, reproductive organs into reproductive organs that create more rhizocephalan bar- barnacles. So it basically can impregnate male crabs and make them into baby factories is how I put Hell it in yeah. our notes. <laughs> um, so yes. we stand uh, this May I please read some of this? Yeah, it's, it's a like, great, it's, it's a great just, post. It's beautiful. Yeah. In this scenario, it's written in with you as person. the male crab. Yeah. She looked normal once when she was young. As a juvenile, she looked like a normal barnacle larva, only a few millimeters long, but her juvenile body had one terrible difference. Her head was tipped with a needle protruding from her shell. When she found you, she used her body like a hypodermic syringe, stabbing you and injecting her own cells under your skin. It goes on. Then it says, Just when it seems it couldn't be worse, your abdomen explodes. You're now sterile and her gonads are erupting out from where your genitals used to be. Her tumorous ovaries now attract a male rhizocephalin larva who injects his own cells into her. These grow into testicles within her body. She now has everything she needs for her next takeover, which is that she takes over your brain. And so you forget that you're a crab and you think you're a barnacle. And then you take care of the spawn as if they were your own. It's so metal. It's the hand that rocks the barnacle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was so delighted to read Um, about this. I know Um, I, for one, have always thought about how can we weaponize male pregnancy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if men could get pregnant. If we only had little needles on our snouts. (laughs) 
Well, I think look, that the real the real kicker though is the the brain half of it because it's not just that it makes you reproduce this other species yes. that you want to take care of them that is now you you are now attached to them like that yeah. that's the that's how you really take over that's how you weaponize pregnancy. <laughs> It's amazing, but please go read the whole thing because yeah. it's like it's so good. I feel jelly, I think the, in the comments there was yeah com. the comments were good, but not they didn't like really give props enough to the writing of this. Um, it was a wild ride. <laughs> Aliens are among us already, exactly under the sea. Like if an if you found out there's an alien that could do that, people would Ooh. be so freaked out. And then yeah. you're like, guess what? It exists already. It's yep. Species for in real. Don't get poked. Yeah, don't get poked. don't get poked. One final bit of news: um, human composting will be legal in Washington State. Yay! Oh, it will be yes, legal. I'm so excited to be composted. I think it's the perfect solution. Put, thrown to into the flower bed. What do I do with myself? Yep. Is this the mushroom suit? No. This isn't like you can bury your body in a flower bed. I think I think it is like a scientifically assisted version of that. I don't think that there's any cremation involved in this. Right. Well, composting. as we talked about once before, there's a mushroom suit, which yeah. is like a thing they seal you into, and then the mushrooms take over your body, and that's what Luke Perry did. Oh, that's awesome. Right. Yeah, I love that, that he did that. Awesome. That is beautiful. Me yeah. too. Let the bodies hit the earth. Let the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Let the bodies hit the earth and make beautiful flowers. <laughs> would you eat vegetables harvested with your friend's ashes? You know like, what? With my I friends, would. but not my enemies. Not your enemies, but like like someone you love. You would eat like the tomato from the... F- I think I'd rather it be someone I don't know in mm. a way. Really? I would rather yeah. have it be somebody that I know. I honestly really? would. Yeah. What if the tomato... Yeah, what if you don't care what kind of person you're getting in your I'd tomato. I'd rather it be anonymous. If it's someone I know, it's going to like, I'm just going to be sad eating the tomato. Oh no, it'd be oh. like giving them one last hug. <laughs> With my guts. With your guts. <laughs> A gut hug. <laughs> well, in far more depressing news, I guess maybe not life after death, uh, there's the Los Feliz murder house that we've talked about before on the podcast has once again been placed on the market um it's super it's a weird situation you guys it is very strange uh curbed la covered it the this house was it's the house on i believe um glendower in los Feliz, and it was the scene of a murder suicide in 1959 a doctor uh killed his wife attempted to kill his teenage daughter and then killed himself uh, it, I will say also not to be yeah. confused with the other Los Feliz Oh, there's many. House, there's mm-hmm. many. Which there this are many. is not the South House people were saying, yeah, yeah, when people were first saying the Los Feliz Murder House, I always thought they were talking about the LaBianca. The Manson one? Well, house? sometimes yeah. They, they turn, yeah, sometimes this is the Los Feliz Murders House, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's the Murders Mansion. Mm-hmm. Either way, it is, it, this is known as like the one that was basically a time capsule because after these crimes occurred, uh, the house was passed to a different family who never moved in. The son, um, who was the surviving member of that family who had the house for a number of years, used it apparently as some kind of like just a storage facility for his stuff, which was strange. But it began to attract a lot of people who wanted to look in the windows because it was rumored that there was a Christmas setup, like a tree and, and presents from back when the crimes were committed. That turned out to be false because uh, the doctor who committed the murders was Jewish. 
And so then it was like, okay, maybe it was the next family, which would have placed it probably in the 70s. Either way, it was it, it was a strange, untouched, weird interior uh, that then was bought by Gloria Allred's daughter, Lisa Bloom, and her husband three years ago. They wanted to expand it. They started renovations. They tore out the whole inside. They tore it down to the studs. And then abruptly put it back on the market for three and a half million dollars. They're only accepting cash offers. And as in, I, I'm assuming that people would know that it's because it's like filthy with ghosts. They put out a statement saying, oh, it was we ran into all sorts of permitting problems. We wanted to expand the house, but we'd have to regrade the hillside. It's going to be too expensive. So now we're going to list it at like a million something more than we bought it for. And it's torn apart. Go to. Bring your cash. Yeah, Definitely it's all cash not only for sure. Cash? Who has three and a half million dollars oh, in cash? Nobody has three Some, and a half million yeah, dollars in cash. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone who deserves to be haunted. Right. We got to go to Vegas. Yeah. Make three and a half million dollars in roulette and then buy the Los Feliz murder house to be the night call compound. I mean, it I looks great. I seriously don't want to live in that house. I am well, 100% we, we sure it's parties there. haunted. We burn it to the ground. <laughs> um, I posted about this on Twitter, and we received a night call from a paranormal investigator. Right, because you were talking about, about like if you were to tear the, if it was a total tear down, and you just built another house on that land, would the house yeah. still be haunted? I believe that was your Exa- question. That's about my it. question. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if when Lisa Bloom tried to do the renovations, like, was she thinking that she would just raise the house and for some reason she just couldn't? I mean, is it really that, like, maybe you have to stay within no, the same... No, she saw a ghost and she got freaked That's out. That's what I think. Clearly. Yeah. Um, Didn't want to go back. So we have a night call from Z. Uh, yeah, so we have this email from Z uh, and Z says, hey there. I'm Z, Portland native and co-founder of the all-lady paranormal investigations team, Hella Paranormal Investigations, and the Ghosts and Hoes podcast. That's Hoes, of course, E-A-U-X. On to the questions. <laughs> to start, there are different kinds of hauntings. Residual hauntings are usually the ones attached to land and are basically an imprint repetition of a past event that happens on a loop. Okay, but what the fuck does this have to do with ghosts? Well, sometimes we forget that the earth is a living thing. Some areas and materials are more prone to absorb energies and others radiate them. Look up the Oman house in Beverly Hills. Residual hauntings are fairly common, and while they can be startling AF, they're pretty benign and can't harm you. An intelligent haunting is when a spirit or entity can and often will interact with you. Small things being moved, a knock in response to you asking the entity to make itself known, like the Maitlands from Beetlejuice or the entity from the first Poltergeist movie. Not all dark entities or violent hauntings are demonic. As far as getting them to leave, I know everyone's first instinct is to grab some sage, but please calm down. Sometimes you literally just have to ask. There are different ways of removing unwanted paranormal guests, but it all depends on who or what is in your home. When in doubt, find a local professional to help you. And if they tell you they charge for their services, you kick them straight in the taint and tell them to suck your dick. No one should be charging for that. (laughs) That is blatant horse shit dickery. But this is already an essay, and I can go into that another time. Or you can listen to Ghosts and Hoes and hear me and my BFF Danielle talk about it. Wink. Thank you so much for that. That was great. Very informative and good. Um, The Oman house is the house, I believe, that was built right by. So Cielo Drive, um, where the Manson murders took place, 
was demolished and the address no longer exists. So the Oman house, I believe, was then built like, a you know, kind of on part of that land um, and is haunted. Like, the land is haunted. It didn't matter that they changed the address or destroyed the What house. has happened there? I think we've said this before, but America is haunted. <laughs> America's very haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no part of America where there were not genocides and murders, so... Or burial grounds. Yeah. So, I I was very interested in what she said in the email about, like, it being a movie replaying over and over again, because I feel like we've heard that from other Mm -hmm. people, specifically... uh, Rachel Handler. Rachel... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Handler was the guest, talking about, like... You see something over and over again, and you like don't you can't interact with it exactly. Yeah. But it's like it a shadow, an echo of something, right. right? And then you have to ask it to leave nicely, I guess. I mean, I love just asking. And it probably it to says leave. no. <laughs> Why would it leave? I mean, that's what's interesting about thinking that ghosts are kind of like because you give it permission stuck in this loop, right? Maybe, they're in purgatory, yeah. and you give them, you free them. That's what horror movies have taught well, me. Well, also yeah. in the case <laughs> of a right. ghost from this grisly murder in Los Feliz and everybody who's tried to develop the house or remodel it or do whatever with the land uh, being we think scared away by it I mean most of the time when I've heard like Rachel is a great example I feel like we've heard several other examples of this if you encounter a ghost or something that feels like some kind of uh, what she's calling like a residual haunting uh, it's not most people don't report it being like a scary thing it's just sort of a like, oh, there's somebody else here type of feeling. So that's that's my question is like, why has this been a universally negative experience? Is it just because of the nature of the death? Is it like, is it always going to be that kind of haunting as opposed to just a kind of like benign somebody's just hanging around because their life got cut short too soon or whatever. I mean, this sounds prohibitively bad. Something it's about bad. it is clearly it's bad. It's bad, you yeah. guys. I know yeah. it's bad. I've driven by. It's bad. It's you just bad. get a very strong <laughs> vibe. Trust uh, trust the vibe. Yeah. My, I feel like my husband was like, we should drive by. And I was just like, no, we're not going to go back there. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I just can't. That, that ghost <laughs> is a bad ghost. Well, if you've seen any ghosts that you would like to tell us about, give us a night call at 24469. That's right. Or you can email us. At nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be joined now by Brian Koppelman for a little chat. Hey, folks. If you love true stories about extraordinary life experiences, we think you'll love the Risk podcast. Risk is the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. Stories too uncensored for public radio. On Risk, nothing's too intimate or too strange like the one about the guy who got kidnapped by the drug cartel or the girl who discovered she was living with a cannibal or the woman who learned the person she was sharing kinky fantasies with online was her dear old dad. You'll hear real people sharing about life experiences so funny, so scary, so mystifying, you won't believe your ears. Find it all at riskshow.com or just search on your podcast app for risk. That's R-A-S-K exclamation point or risk hyphen show.com. So we are now joined by Brian Koppelman. He is, of course, first and foremost, a fellow Grantland colleague of all of ours from a, a while back. He's also the co-creator of the Showtime drama Billions, which you may know of, may have heard of. Um, and he also wrote and co-wrote many films, including Rounders, 
including the girlfriend experience, which we're fans of here. Uh, hi, Brian. Welcome to hey, Night Call. So happy to be here with you guys. Yes. Grantland <laughs> alum. All Molly had to do was just ask. Just uh, like, of course. throw yes. up the signal. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Um, so you've been working on this very New York-centric, money-centric, like finance world-centric show, which I think is so interesting after having um, come from writing Girlfriend Experience, which is such a like, I don't know, it feels like just like this origin story of like the world that Billions takes place in now in a way. like Yeah, it feels like you're... You're the financial crisis. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the girlfriend experience came out of trying to understand a new kind of transactional relationship that had um, uh, supposedly top notes of empathy and intimacy attached to it. And um, David Levine, my who's my lifelong creative partner, and Steven Soderbergh, the three of us came up with that because we were all at... Uh, we were at a hotel, the Mandarin Oriental uh, Hotel together in Columbus Circle, and we were down in the bar area and noticed this older dude with this college-looking, beautiful, sophisticated girl who was clearly working him, and Levine offhandedly said, oh, look at that, the girlfriend experience. And <laughs> it was clear, because we knew that bar at that time, this stuff was going on, and Stephen said, what do those words mean? And we said, well, there's this, there's this new movement going on mm-hmm. where this service is being sold that has a facsimile of intimacy. And then Stephen started talking about all these relationships that are like that now, right? The broker relationships, the relationship you'd have with a trainer or your yoga teacher. And as we all started talking about it, we realized that, that this was a way to tell a what seemed like one story. You know, there's very little sex in the movie. Mm-hmm. And we realized it was a way to tell uh, a story that seemed like one thing that was really about something else. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, th- that idea of telling a story that seems like it's one thing at first and it's about something else yeah. is the story, is what we do on Billions for sure. And um, mm-hmm. so I see the connections in that way. Um, I'll say a huge difference is that The Girlfriend Experience is a largely improvised movie. It's the only right, largely right. improvised movie that David and I ever involved with, whereas Billions is tightly, tightly scripted. Um, how do you do that? Well, how do, when you write something that you know is going to be largely improvised later, like what do you do around that? You're you're doing an incredibly detailed outline. Also, David yeah. um, is one of the stars of Girlfriend Experience. He's mm. the screenwriter. He plays the screenwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with whom Sasha starts to have a relationship. Uh, so then Dave would have some measure of control in a way. And Stephen, you know, that was an art movie made for very, very, very little money when Stephen was um, – experimenting a lot. And he's a genius. So we felt very comfortable because Soderbergh's such a genius working in that way. Mm-hmm. We did an incredibly detailed outline where you write not just what the scene's going to be about, but sort of in a granular way, what should be covered, what everybody wants in the scene. And then Stephen and Dave, and everyone's there to sort of make sure that it um, goes the right way. Also, Stephen had this idea to cast real people. So the guy who plays the trainer, the kind of star, uh, the other star of the movie along with Sasha, Chris Santos was mm-hmm. a trainer in New York who we knew. And and so you're basically telling Chris, this is what has to happen in the scene. But speak, say what you'd say. Mm-hmm. Stephen didn't cast any actors mm-hmm. in that film. Sasha yeah. was the only professional actor right. in that film. And I don't think Sasha was in SAG. 
Oh, right. Yeah. At that time. And now she is. But I don't think Sasha yeah. was in SAG then. Wow. Was it shot on digital? Yeah, yeah. Steven shot that on the red cam. It was a red cam. Yeah, I remember being, I love, I love all those digital. Early red that cam. Era. Yeah, I mean, he's been a red yeah, cam person for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved it, too, because, like, I was the person, I feel like Emily and Tess and I were all in film school right when it was switching over. And so people were very firmly divided into camps of either, like, you're shooting on film or you're shooting on digital. It was a class divide. Uh, (laughs) It was super class divide. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I was always, like, the people, like, why wouldn't you shoot on digital? Like, explore the possibilities of digital. And I feel like Soderbergh always, you know, whatever the the new thing is, he's, like, finding the way into it. Yeah. Yeah, he always yeah. knows. He yeah. always knows what what's worthwhile and what's next. I mean, he is a brilliant filmmaker. We got to make like three movies with him and learned more from him than from anybody else, really. It's such a great time capsule. I would encourage anybody who's listening who hasn't watched it lately or maybe hasn't seen it at all. It's such a – I watched it maybe a year ago or maybe a little bit less, and it's such an incredible time capsule of – 2008. It takes place over the election, the Obama election, and it's just like it's just like plopping you right back down into and it. And we, I mean, I'll <laughs> say, then we can move on. But yeah, we interviewed. It was, what was incredible about that was the other thing that you can do in that sort of thing is try to get as much of the world you're depicting right and accurate, so that it's easy for the people to improvise within it. So David and I interviewed um, maybe forty. $2,000 an hour escorts with Stephen there most of the time. And they would just tell us everything about what that life was like. And then to have Sasha, who wasn't a prostitute, but was um, a sex worker mm-hmm. in a way, uh, th- there just immediately gave the thing the imprimatur of legitimacy because Sasha had, had experienced having to manage these transactions yeah. herself. Yeah. It's such a complex psychological, you know, proposition to just be like you have to manage all these people, but also like look like you're not managing them. Like, yeah. And she's amazing because, I mean, Sasha is so smart. And Mm -hmm. the fact that she sort of from the beginning of her career was aware, okay, I have this toolkit. I want certain things out of my life. I actually see a path to do something in a way nobody's done before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she looked at what Jenna Jameson had done and realized – I'm, I'm not saying Sasha smart and realize like, well, wait, I think I'm smarter than she is. I think I understand media because I'm I'm of a generation after watching what she did. Yeah. I think I can actually use this to uh, propel myself. You know, I'm also going to be honest about what I want sexually and then I'm mm-hmm. going to use it in a way to gain momentum and throw myself into this other career you know, she's a really important DJ now. Yeah. And yeah, she's a great DJ. I was going <laughs> to say, I feel like she and Emily have the same taste. Well, I, I was going to say one of, of like... the most flattering things that anybody ever told me was Molly. When you saw her once, I think it's in a family. And you said you thought she was me at first. Um, and I yeah. was like, that, thank you. I mean, she's about like two feet shorter than me, but thank you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I, I, and I think, you know, if you think about the thematics of what that movie was, the fact that Sasha ended up being able to, um, ride all this to this place in the culture that I think only Sasha Gray occupies. Uh, yeah. Nobody else is like her who has a million followers or however many on across Insta and Twitter, but manages it without really now any posts that have sort of anything to do with her sexual right. image. She's sort of transcended in a way that everyone knows it. It's all part of who she is. It's incorporated, but she's she's been able to sort of move 
right. forward, right. which is fascinating to me. I think that's a very common thing now that it sort of doesn't matter what you get notorious for as long as you use it as a platform. Yeah, right. <laughs> because that's also like the Kim Kardashian thing, obviously. Not that she uses it as a great platform or anything, but just sort of the idea that like it's all a part you can make of your the mythology. Yeah, it's all in yeah. the game. Yeah. And now everybody is in the transactional economy. So that movie is also very prescient about that. Yes. I was going back and looking because, um, Tess, I think you brought it up on our last episode, the um, the cut article that Jane Marie posted about how to like make it like what side hustles you can do to like oh, make. Oh yeah, the side uh, hustles. It made me yeah. so depressed. They took down. Yeah, you posted that they took down. They the, did. They the took MLM down the MLM. One. They did. Oh. But a lot of those are just. And they like, also said, "Don't sell your hair." They changed. The, the, all, it was just. It was such a mess that post. It, if you wanted a really great summary of how depressing the economic landscape is right now, it was a perfect. Oh, thing. nothing's more depressing right now than aspirational right. journalism. But, <laughs> I thought it was sort Beauty of that, like a lot of the things on it were they weren't even like full blown services. It wasn't like become a housekeeper or uh, like I guess I was dog walker on there. A lot of it was just like yeah. sell off aspects of yourself, like your voice, like do right, voice exactly. voiceover work on Fiverr or something. It's like finding ways to like sell slice your off kidney parts of, yeah, or your kidney or whatever. Plasma. <laughs> um, yeah. Which um, you can't really translate into a second career so well, like compared to well, being a porn star. Well, you can only sell your kidney <laughs> once is the problem. Right. You can only really like you if you sell your hair, then you have to wait for your hair to grow back before you can sell yeah. your hair again. Kind of a flaw. It is a flaw. I mean, the whole thing was very flawed. Or if we figure out how you regenerate kidneys over and over again. Sure. We'll work on that. That's where the money is. (laughs) (laughs) Growing kidneys. Impossible kidney. But we wanted to take a night email while we had Brian in the room because it turns out we have a, a chiropractic expert slash enthusiast in our midst. Just because I knew the word subluxation? <laughs> subluxation. I didn't know the word <laughs> subluxation. It's all nice to me. Um, yes, we have an email this week from Coco. Hello, Night Call. A while back, you discussed if chiropractic medicine is bunk, occult, etc. I do enjoy having my back cracked by a professional, but there is definitely a cult connection with a certain subgroup of the field. I moved to the Bay Area about a decade ago and met a longtime live journal friend who lived in San Francisco. She commented on growing up in a chiropractor cult in Sacramento. Her parents were apparently heavily involved in this group that was super into energy work and chiropractic healing. A couple years ago, another friend asked if I was interested in a temp job she had done previously. It was working reception at a chiropractor's office. When I met the boss, she was a super friendly 30-something woman who had gone to chiro school. But what she practiced, she explained, was something called network spinal analysis. In network, you are rarely physically touched. Sessions are called entrainment. It seems to have a lot more in common with Reiki. Reiki. I've read it a million times, but I never said it out loud. You lie on a massage table in a room with two to three others, something about communal energy, and people frequently scream or shout or cry. I once had my boss tell me to imagine breathing through a hole in my back like a whale. Okay, so a little weird. They offered me free sessions while I worked there, which was great because it was wildly expensive, recommended three times a week, and rarely covered by insurance. My boss gave me a workbook written by Donnie Epstein, the founder of Network, and encouraged me to come to the annual conference that summer. After I'd been temping a couple weeks, I saw my friend from Sacramento. I told her about this weird chiropractor I was working for, and she was like, dude, that's the fucking cult I told you about. She was a little freaked out to hear I 
had agreed to entrainment sessions, but understood that I was not on board with the worship of Donnie. The weirdest thing is that I've struggled with back pain and posture for a long time, and I had measurably better posture during the few months I received network care. No idea how it worked. Good night, Coco. Thank you, Coco. Uh, it seems like it's a big, big San Diego thing. She said that was in San Diego, right? Or San Francisco. I think it was, well, her friend was in Sacramento. Sacramento. Sounds like California. Yeah, Sounds like, like California. I'm, pretty sure room, I'm pretty sure I was in a room with Donnie Epstein once. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Were Where you in Where he train? was talking about this. I'm, I'm just looking it up, and I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm 89% sure I was in a room with him. What, how did you uh, arrive in that room? If wow. I, I'll say I was around uh, someone in the self-help field who I don't oh. want to name at the moment. Okay. And... Uh, I believe Donnie Epstein was there as well, and they okay. were talking about this energy uh, healing stuff. So Re- Reiki, Reiki is when you like put your hands over somebody but don't touch them. Yeah, it's energy healing, I believe. Uh. There's this book that if you all haven't read or talked about on the show, it's so up your alley. It's called like the Full Facts Case on Cold Reading, and it's written by this British guy, and it's expensive to get, but it is. Um, he goes step by step with every single uh, aspect of how cold readings are done, mm-hmm. you know, which Ooh. is the mind reading thing mm-hmm. and, and yeah. the way in which we're all susceptible to it, why we're susceptible, how we're tricked. And in it, he goes through every single technique so that if you say, no, 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 but what my friend said, it's in the book, like all the techniques and Whoa. all of this stuff. So chiropractic is separate because there's utility to certain kinds of, of chiropractic. Um, I've given this, I have given this a lot of thought in my life. And um, <laughs> I think now, if you're a chiropractor and you're listening, don't hate me. This is just my personal truth. I'm sure your We're personal- all here to share our personal I'm truth. I'm sure your personal truth is is different. And chiropractic is incredibly healing when it's for a purpose. If, if, you, if you need to get your back cracked, cracked. because- for various reasons, and you feel better, and it's therapeutic for you, that's great. Yeah. But Reiki, this kind of supposed energy healing, is all about the emotional thing that happens to you. It's like, you know how somebody can mm. sit down across from a therapist for the first time, and merely being in that setting you can make you crack, yes, yeah. you break? Yeah. yeah, that's what it sounds like happened to Emily with acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, sweat a bunch, but still. <laughs> but that's a legit, like, that's a legitimate yeah. thing, right? You're in this environment created for you to have catharsis. Yeah. And we need, because mm-hmm. we're in a society that, de- we it demands, we have to find yeah. moments of catharsis, moments of relief. And we need to and release. create a, like, permission structure to let ourselves have that space, even that, if that's all right. it is. That's right. And yeah. so... Um, I had back pain, really bad back pain for a period of time, the kind where they x-ray you and then say take cortisone shots and do all this stuff. And so I started reading John Sarno's books, Healing Back Pain, which is Howard Stern talks about a lot. And I and, and in those books, he talks about a, all these different mm-hmm. forms of therapy and why you don't need them to get better. And in yeah. fact, what you need is to give mm-hmm. yourself permission to get better. Right. And that if you do, you can most of the time. And so, uh, do I believe there's a cult? I mean, people use the word cult. What do you guys think? Like, I I meditate, right? I do TM. Right. You, know, you only have to scratch a little bit for people to start talking about why it's a cult. Now, I'm someone who practices it. Right. There's nothing cult. I've never right. been approached in any way. 
culty. Right. Well, this is what we were talking about. TM is so expensive. My issue with TM is that it's, you know, when you read the responses, because they respond um, on like message boards and stuff to accusations that it's so expensive that that makes it suspicious. And a lot of the TM, you know, social media team will say, well, we really want to make it accessible to all. So we have like a lower tier, but it's still. I love that you know about the TM social media. (laughs) I was real. I was looking into TM, but I felt like it was prohibitively expensive in a way that made me very suspicious of it. But, but I do pra- know people love it. You can practice it for free. Though. You can, but who's going to give you your money? The thing of it is that the David Lynch Foundation, so I had this huge skepticism. I remember the first time I went, and I felt like, oh, I bet I really need something mm-hmm. like this. And I spoke to Bob Roth, who's like the famous guy who runs the David Lynch Foundation. He's sort of the head of TM in a way. And I said, I think you guys are maybe a cult, or you were. And I said also, um, I just talked to me purely scientifically. And then I read all the stuff about the EEGs and I read books. And what I have found out, and it seems to be, this seems to be true and documented and like you can find it is they do give away um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of TM lessons a year to veterans, Mm -hmm. school kids in at-risk areas. I do think that they largely, I'm not an expert on this, it seems to me they largely use the money to do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. The David Lynch Foundation in particular. I don't yeah. know about TM um, mm-hmm. at large. And they definitely, I've seen them give people a break on the price when people need it. They have to train these teachers. Right. And um, it is, for me, highly therapeutic. Right. For whatever that, whatever that mm-hmm. means, it helps, it's helped me be less anxious yeah. and it's helped me creatively. So... Yeah, it's a mode that you respond to, at least for like a mode of relaxation or centering or whatever. Watch Penn and Teller's bullshit about chiropractic because... I will watch that. (laughs) Because the subluxation, which is, I think people should look it up, where they talk about sort of like uh, by doing the chiropractic modality, they can make your digestive system better or they can make you think this Mm -hmm. supposedly it's all trapped in this subluxation is how it gets uh, better. Mm-hmm. That stuff's just, to me, bullshit. Right. And I, rather than just saying, yeah. hey, this is a form of physical therapy that can make you feel better, right? Um, which then is fine. It, yeah. it, it's useful for sports medicine. It's a good sports medicine, chiropractic. Sure. But that's that's yeah. it. It's like, but I think it's like the, there's a need maybe to science, scientific it a little bit for people who don't believe in that kind of thing or don't mm-hmm. just accept the basic premise that if you let yourself lie down on a table and let somebody just like take care of you for a second, which sounds like one thing that it's not. But this is the thing is like going back to network spinal analysis. I found an article from the LA Times from 92 um, and it says network uses light touches and taps rather than jarring aggressive manipulations. The back cracking standard in many chiropractors offices. The taps often leave patients crying, laughing, yelping or shaking as they re-experience traumatic events. I've cried my guts out on the table, says singer songwriter Roseanne Cash. It's incredible. Incredibly powerful. <laughs> it's been life changing for me. My body definitely feels better. I definitely have more energy. So it's basically. I think that's Johnny Cash's daughter, by the way. Uh, yes, Cash. exactly. Put, and it says that wait, it has uh, like a Okay, I, I object following. though. Yes. Hold on. I have to object. I have to object to defining Roseanne Cash that way. <laughs> no, Roseanne Cash is like literally one of the most successful songwriters and yes. singers. Yeah. No, you are right. And Brian is right. right. Yes. She put the C in country. She, she is the literally in country. like yeah. as good at making music as anyone. Of, mm-hmm. She's inc- truly right. incredible. I'm more surprised that she was involved with uh, with this back 
organization. Yeah, apparently it was it was very very trendy in 1992 enough so that they referred to it as like a celebrity right. thing. I mean, that's my belief is that a lot of these self help self help movements are really about like networking and people. <laughs> I, I just friends, read right? um, her yes. autobiography, Roseanne's. I'd say. Reiki does not figure heavily in the book, <laughs> and for whatever it, that's okay. worth. Okay. The kind of thing we were we were talking about last All week. Right. We had a call kind of about like what defines a cult, whether it's behaviors or whether it's the actual belief and the workings of the religion or whatever it may be. Uh, and and it feels like I think that TM is probably a, a good example from what I understand. A good example of one of these things that gets called a cult because of the practices and because of kind of the trappings of it and the way that it looks uh, and less so about how the fu- how the group actually functions what the, like well it doesn't mandate I mean I don't right. in the 60s it might have been a different right or thing. like the like Maharishi school or whatever might be a different kind of thing but yeah I mean these people all did train with the Maharishi they all yeah. train with him and everything the ones who are currently running uh, TM mm-hmm. and I, it, it's one of these things where, like, there's a utility in the practice. And then I, maybe it's my own failing. I know, and, and prox- I was saying all this stuff. This is another interesting thing about all these things. Like, maybe Roseanne knew this guy, Donnie Epstein. And I found proximity makes all of us just a little <laughs> in our moral stances. And when you are close to somebody or know them or have seen them in a different way, it makes it harder for you mm-hmm to judge sometimes because we are we want to be empathetic we want to understand we want to think the best of people i'll say the practice of tm has been incredibly useful for me and for many 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 people i know and they've never asked me to to do anything but then i don't know you know they've never asked me because i I have my own pod you know i have a microphone and i have a big platform and they know i would start talking about it right. or is it because that's just not what they do or you don't maybe project the need for it the way that other people the, might come right. into it you yeah know? i mean i i will say i know bob for a long time and i believe that bob and david lynch are fully um their intentions seem quite true and pure yeah. to me yeah. but you're right nobody yeah. knows you know? <laughs> I, mean, I think you're right that people just need a room to cry in yes and that whatever form that takes whether it's talk therapy or you know, yoga or TM or anything that just mm-hmm. allows people to like be vulnerable in a space. That is something everybody needs. Yeah. Uh, and something that probably takes the place of religion for people who don't, who aren't religious. Yes. I'm an yeah. atheist. So yeah. Oh, that, by the way, you just gave me the name of my next podcast, A Room, room to Cry. Room to Cry. <laughs> that is because Amazing. people always say to me on my podcast, which is the moment, people always say to me, I feel like I'm in therapy, but A Room to Cry in is a really good yeah. podcast name. Well, Isn't like, that what they all are? Well, you brought up Howard Stern. I think that's why Howard Stern gets yeah. such good interviews because people it is forget like they're on therapy, mic, yeah. like in a yeah, in a way, true. especially when you're yeah. in the well, room. We all do now. We're all on mic. Yeah, all day. yeah. In oh, some yeah. Got to use your voice in some way or another. <laughs> well, that was an excellent plug, Brian. Like seamless <laughs> for the moment, which everybody should listen to. Yeah, uh, seamless. And plug. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're still you're still you're not on a hiatus or anything like that. With no, it, I'm are doing you? it. You're still in the middle. Okay, great. So check out the moment on iTunes. I assume all the sure, all the regular you get your podcasts. Suspects you get watch billions on Showtime. Anything else to plug? Uh, right no, now? nothing. Okay, nothing. Just TM. <laughs> well, you know, if you think you need it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, yes. I kind of want to. Check it out. Can you give our night call listeners a mantra if they don't want to spend money on TM? A free mantra. 
No. <laughs> they need a mantra. It's no, not, you won't do no, it. You know, in, in, no, I'm not. I, because you have to learn how to do it. Man. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> no freebies for you. It's not the freebies. It's 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 you not. You gotta find one within yourself. No, if I you're not at the level yet. I will tell you that okay, they're called. It. It's a sound. It's a sound non a nonsense sound word that you repeat um, over and over to yourself. But I also don't want to send somebody off doing it without. I mean, I you know you do do. I'll say um, an hour and a half with a teacher before you pay anybody anything, where they talk you through the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Then, or a lecture, then if you want to do it, mm-hmm. you take an hour lesson with the person and then you come back for three more days of three more hour long sessions and then that's it. Then you're, you know how to do it. And then they, then you, they ask nothing more of you. I mean, you do sign a few things about what to do with your income for the rest of your lives and how they're going to get it. <laughs> I mean, of course, <laughs> that, I don't feel that that was an invasion in any way um, of anything. You willingly signed really, it. Really, <laughs> I signed it. No, I mean, there's no... Then right, right, right. That's it. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us thank today, you, Brian. Ryan. Yeah, thanks so uh, much, Brian. My pleasure, yeah. guys. And, Take uh, care. Be well. As always, give us a night call about chiropractic, about uh, the gig economy, about anything at one two four zero four six night, or give us a night email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media. Our Twitter is nightcallpod. Instagram and Facebook are both nightcallpodcast. And also, we would love if you would support our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash nightcall. We're getting pretty close to our goal of $2,000 a month, at which point we will have a live call-in show. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 